Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There are few things that make me smile when I'm filling up my car with gas these days. <laughs> you may be in that boat as well. But one of those things that actually does make me smile when I, I, I go to, to fill up my car is when I see those stickers on the pump that have Joe Biden pointing to the price per gallon with the caption, I did that below it. <laughs> there, there was even one I saw that had a picture of Vice President Harris pointing and saying, I helped. <laughs> No matter how many times I see them, they're just funny every time. Now, Katie Tubbs of the Heritage Foundation writes an article entitled Biden's Radical Anti-Fossil Fuel Energy Policy Costs Americans Dearly. And she says there's a popular genre of, of fiction books and TV programs that explore what the world might have been like if history had taken a different twist. What if Julius Caesar never crossed the Rubicon? What if Napoleon won at Waterloo? And what if the Allies lost the Great War? And what might gasoline prices look like today if we didn't have a president deliberately trying to force Americans off of our most abundant, most reliable energy sources? Counterfactuals like these are just that, fiction. But what they can help us see is the reality a little more clearly. It, it, was, it was no secret on the campaign, campaign trail that Joe Biden wanted to end America's use of conventional energy, such as coal and oil and natural gas. Biden's first executive orders in, in office deployed a sweeping regulatory agenda throughout the executive branch to that end. And this radical agenda has been the consistent message and persistent policy choice of the administration. The U.S. Energy Information Administration's annual energy outlook for 2020 gives us a hint at the alternative history of what might have been. Every year, the Energy Information Administration publishes projections for energy production. And, their, and, and consumption and, and prices in the United States. Its reference uh, case in, in 2020 made projections for the next three decades, assuming that you know existing laws and regulations at the time, prior to Biden's policies, remain the same. Of course, no one knows the future. The outlook didn't anticipate a pandemic or an unprecedented way local and state and federal governments responded to it, nor did it anticipate a new presidential administration running on an agenda to eliminate fossil fuel use. We, we must do Biden the courtesy of noting that his energy policies are nothing like former President Donald Trump's. So, after a record-breaking year of energy production in the U.S. in, in 2019, what did the Energy Information Administration expert uh, and expect in the, in the outlook for 2021-22? The, the first two years of, of, of Biden's presidency? Well, gasoline prices, 
under this alternative history, the Energy Information Administration anticipated that gasoline prices would increase in both its baseline case and scenario where crude oil prices were much higher than expected. It projected gasoline prices to be around $2.78 per gallon in 2021 and $2.85 per gallon in 2022. It didn't expect to see $5 gasoline prices um, anytime soon. Uh, Actually, what they projected was it wasn't going to get to $5 until 2040. In reality, gasoline prices increased 48%. Get this. Gasoline rose 48% from Inauguration Day in 2021 to the week before Russia invaded Ukraine. And diesel prices increased 49% during that time. The national gasoline price in 2021 averaged $3 a gallon. Gasoline prices today are now averaging above $5, nearly 20 years ahead of schedule. Domestic oil uh, production, again, assuming, you know, no policy changes from what Congress and and the Trump administration had on the books uh, at the close of 2019, the Energy Information Administration projected among production growth of the U.S. crude oil and, and petroleum products, with the United States being a net exporter, yes, net exporter through 2050, it projected even greater crude oil production and petroleum exports under a scenario where global oil prices were assumed to be high. Just like gasoline prices, oil production has not played out the way the Energy Information Administration anticipated. (laughs) Not at all. The pandemic and the government responses to it totally changed the situation. As Americans drastically changed their 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 commutes and their their travel plans, the price of oil plummeted and oil production sharply dropped in, in March 2020 before showing signs of recovery over the summer. And then the U.S. had a presidential election where two very different energy policy agendas were competing. Perhaps the first hint that recovery and reality would be different from one another was after the election when oil and gas companies raised raced to secure thousands of government permits to drill on federal lands in the waning months of the Trump presidency. They were concerned, with of course good reason, that Biden would follow through on his campaign promises. To date, Biden is the only president, get this, he's the only president in modern history not to have held a single oil and gas lease sale on federal lands, despite clear direction from Congress to do so quarterly. While the Department of Interior is being forced by court order to hold a lease sale this quarter, it increased fees by 50% and decreased, get this, the amount of the available acreage for drilling by 80%, even as it cuts fees and red tape for renewable green energy production. Timelines to approve permits to drill on already leased land ballooned from Trump administration best average of 108 days 
in, in 2019 to 182 days under the Biden administration. And scores of permits are now being held up by litigation uh, initiated by extreme environmental groups allied with the White House. Offshore, the Biden administration has not completed a single lease sale. In contrast, Trump held eight in his single term, and, and, and former President Barack Obama, get this, he held 29 lease sales in his two terms. While energy production on, on federal lands and, and waters gives a clear pr- picture of the administration's des- desired policy approach, where it is more directly controls resources and management policy, the, the, the majority of, of energy production in the U.S. happens on state and private lands, actually. Normally, as the price of crude oil, crude oil goes down, oil and gas companies idle their drilling rigs. And when the price goes up, they bring those rigs back online, right? I mean, it's, it's supply and demand communicating through prices. But when Biden entered office with a clear agenda to you know, force of, forcibly transition Americans away from fossil fuels and, and demonstrated that intent through a regulatory agenda to, to achieve it, well, that changed the supply and demand communication. It inserted artificial constraints on oil production despite demand. For example, U.S. crude oil production in 2021 during Biden's first year in office was 9% below 2019 levels. And incredibly, even below 2020 levels when the worst of the pandemic shock took place. So, So it's even worse than then where the 2020 outlook anticipated production of 13.2 million barrels per day in 2021, reality was 11.2 million barrels per day. Preliminary totals uh, for 2022 look to be better than last year, but still not on track with pre-pandemic oil production, despite record high prices. Again, as demand drives prices higher, production and supply should move higher to to meet that demand, right? I mean, that's just common sense. There were half as many onshore rigs operating per month in 2021 as in 2019. And preliminary data for 2022 this year shows onshore rig uh, counts are increasing, but still lagging behind pre-pandemic levels. Offshore average rig uh, uh, counts fell drastically in 2020 and have remained flatlined through today. Put together, the the, the oil production um, happening today is, is due to federal lease uh, sales under Trump and Obama production being done on pr- private state lands despite the Biden administration's long-term agenda. One has to wonder how prices and, and supply and demand might be you know, correcting without Biden administration policy failures looming over Biden current policy um, act, actively working against the, the the correction. So, so let's let's talk about the ambiguous direction of policy. Uh, undoubtedly, 
government modeling, like the annual energy outlook is only as good as the minds who, who build the models and the human uh, humans inherently limited ability to guess the future, right? I mean, we don't have little crystal balls anywhere. Uh, without question, major energy producer Russia's invasion of Ukraine is also factoring into the high price uh, Americans are paying for gasoline as as is higher summer demand for, for gasoline during vacation season and things like that. But to stop there is to totally ignore the policy choices being made by the Biden administration that had already led to significant increases in energy prices before Russia invaded Ukraine. I mean, that's just a fact. Asked why oil production in the U.S. had not yet caught up with demand, Stephen Nally, then acting administrator of the Energy Information Administration, explained that the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, that American uh, that American producers were, quote, trying to reposition for the long term, unquote. It was a it was a dramatic way of of stating that the Biden administration has made very clear that it intends to put the oil industry in America out of business in the long term. The Biden administration uh, and their their rejection of the Keystone XL pipeline was only the most visible and most, well, really the most me- uh, measured of all these measures. It, it also had proposed or finalized regulations that restrict nearly every aspect of the oil industry. The, and, and this includes financing uh, and private sector investments. Uh, it includes exploration and production, pipeline uh, construction and operation and and consumer use. It's it's hard to say how much faster markets could have corrected after the pandemic. However, act, actively pushing policies to prevent significant new oil production infrastructure from from building can can only work against the market self-correcting. I mean, we we could have seen, in other words, uh, just a, 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 such a uh, explosion in the economy. We could have seen the oil prices, uh, you know, continue to drop. We could have seen all of these things coming back because because the market was being held artificially because of the pandemic and the way that we responded to it. So it it, it wasn't um, it wasn't something that that was going to stick around long term. As soon as the pandemic was over, then things would get back to normal rather quickly. But then what we saw was. Biden's uh, persistent pursuit of an anti-fossil fuel agenda, and and it is only making a a bad situation worse. At times, the administration has even admitted high prices are part of the process. I mean, they've they've actually admitted this. We we must give Biden the the credit that policies have consequences, and reject the administration's many attempts to shift responsibilities for that. And, and for what is the only logical conclusion of policies designed to forcibly wean Americans off fossil fuels, and that is with higher prices. So, so let's move to the historical reality. The, the pattern of, of Biden's radical energy policies has long been used by California and Europe, where residents are not considering 
the the counterfactual what if scenarios but the but the reality of these policies that have been on the books for years now so we can, we can not just pretend or or model it we can actually see it in action in other words there are reasons why Californians today are paying $6.27 for a gallon of regular gasoline. That's $1.27 more than the national average. And, and, and they pay billions more per year than if they were paying the national average price for gasoline. California requires a, a, a boutique blend of gasoline to meet its own climate and environmental regulations and heavily re, uh, regulates the the refineries that produce the fuel. It is also working to restrict and eventually eliminate oil and gas production in the state. And it severely restricts pipelines, forcing the, the state to rely on on expensive and, and, and heavily regulated domestic shipping. It's, it's low carbon fuel standard is designed to penalize conventional gasoline and diesel and, and, and subsidize alternative fuels on, on the other hand. And it is requiring an increasing number of trucks and all new passenger vehicles sold in the state to be zero emission vehicles by 2035. Hmm. If that, if California's policy sounds vaguely familiar, well, it should. The Biden administration is working in effect to nationalize California's energy and climate policies. Similarly, for well over a decade, Europe has unnecessarily rejected proven technologies like hydraulic uh, uh, fracking uh, to access cleaner natural gas energy resources, uh, heavily subsidized less uh, efficient and and less reliable wind and energy, uh, solar energy technologies, and taxed or eliminated the use of natural gas and and coal and oil and, and in some cases even nuclear energy. This is in addition to a regional carbon tax and plans to build out a, a financial taxonomy system to, to force banks and other private financing away from fossil fuels and toward green energy. The combination of decreasing domestic production of useful uh, sources of energy while heavily subsidizing inherently intermittent resources at best has left... Europeans with a costly and and fragile energy sector and exposes Europe to greater risk both in energy markets and political independence. Years of such policy left Europe flat-footed without alternatives to Russian energy imports, consequently disrupting global oil markets during the current Russian-Ukraine war and contributing to the high global prices Americans are paying. Unfortunately, it is the clear and demonstrated aspiration of too many European politicians and the Biden administration, along with them, to, to prevent new infrastructure for oil, gas, and coal production to be built in uh, and, and locked in for decades of, of usefulness. Instead, they prefer to wring out what's left of existing production and rely on imports while also forcing their economies into more costly, less reliable green energy alternatives. But but here, uh, Biden is attempting to engage in his own alternative history, a counterfactual scenario that is just as fictional. High gas gasoline prices are just part of his incredible transition away from the fuel 
that supplies 35% of Americans' total energy needs and 90% of Americans' trans, uh, transportation fuel needs. Despite the, the onset of, of renewable energy technologies, global demand for oil and gas hasn't changed much and doesn't look like it will in the near future. Rather than the administration's vendetta against oil, this is an energy asset to be incredibly thankful for as the alternative has really proven to be devastatingly poverty. Biden's radical energy policy is really is reality-defying and based on an anti-fossil fuel fiction that is causing unnecessary hardship and costing Americans dearly. But isn't that the point? I mean, John Cooper writes, Do I really look like a guy with a plan? <laughs> Heath Ledger's Joker famous, uh, famously asked Harvey Dent in, in the uh, 2008 masterpiece, The Dark Knight, this. And, and many Americans have been wondering for months if Joe Biden has a plan for, uh, as well as, as just about anything. The president and the administration continue to stumble from crisis to, an, to another and, and solving nothing. And indeed, often overseeing crises that just get worse. Crises continue to blast the president um, for, for lacking a, of any sort of plan to bring down historic gas prices or rein in inflation that currently is at a 40-year high or fix the historic crisis at the border. While these criticisms make sense, they're also, in a sense, misguided because, of course, when Biden doesn't have a plan to solve these crises, the crises are the point. The pain we've all been experiencing for almost 18 months is the plan. These challenges we face as a nation are the direct result of intentional and willful choices this administration has made, knowing full well the consequences. The scramble now is just an attempt to escape the political fallout of those choices. I mean, they, they, they're looking at the numbers that coming up in, in November, and, and they're, they're freaking out. Look, look, at, look at the border crisis, for instance. During, during the, the transition, Trump officials told the incoming administration that what would happen if they ended or removed effective border security policies such as the, the Remain in, in Mexico program, for instance, or the, the construction of the border wall system. Mark Morgan, uh, no relation to me, <laughs> for, former acting commissioner of, of Customs and Border Protection, made it clear in March of 2021 that the incoming administration had been warned repeatedly, quote, I was there as the acting commissioner, and I can assure you prior to the election that we were warning the Biden campaign team if they won and they did what they said they were going to do, they would create a crisis that would make the 2019 pale in comparison. He warned them and, in, and, he, and instead they ignored the border security experts. Now, Chad Wolf, former acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, said in May of 2021 that Bi the Biden administration had ignored the border security playbook his team left for them, 
Yet despite these warnings at the time and the obvious failure since, Biden has continued to double down on the open border policies that have caused the crisis. Despite record numbers of illegal aliens crossing the border every month, including an all-time monthly record of 234,088 apprehensions in April, despite more than 800,000 gotaways since Biden took office, despite more than 100,000 drug overdose deaths in our, in our country in the last year, the most ever, despite all this, the Biden administration continues to lie and shirk responsibility. DHS Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas even had the gall to tell an, a congressional committee in April that Biden's policies weren't responsible for any of this disaster. To steal a quote from Fox's Jimmy Fallon, uh, Biden has turned the United States into a college town bar that that doesn't check IDs. And now everyone's trying to get in, even if they shouldn't be there. <laughs> I mean, it really, it, it's, it's pretty much like that, right? I mean, at this point, it, it's pretty logical to conclude that this was Biden's plan all along. Or consider gas prices, for instance. From day one, the Biden administration has pushed policies that have limited domestic energy production, increased prices, and ultimately turned the United States from a net energy exporter to a net importer. We continue to hit new record highs for gasoline uh, seemingly every other day. The, the, the average national gas price is about to hit $5 per gallon. Actually, it's, it's just slightly over that now. And Americans could be looking at $6 per gallon this summer. The administration's response ha- have been threefold. At first, they said, well, you know, high, high prices, they're good. <laughs> then they kind of went to, well, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. And then they also came up with, well, you just need to buy electric vehicles. <laughs> So let's focus on the first one. Biden infamously uh, boosted that that and and he boasted that the United States is going through an incredible transition. That's what he, he as how, what he called it, an incredible transition that will make America's Americans less reliant on fossil fuels. Administration officials have scoffed at the idea of increasing domestic oil and natural gas production, mostly no, most notably. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who who laughed off the suggestion as hilarious last fall. And in a darkly humorous turn, I guess, Politico recently reported that White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain uh, has grown particularly absorbed by the issue, checking the average price of gasoline every morning with the with the White House staffers desperately searching for solutions. The, the solutions are obvious and immediate. This White House just doesn't want to pursue them. Call call off the regulatory attacks on, on domestic production of oil and natural gas, and, and prices would start dropping right away, right? I mean, how robust sales on federal lands, uh, you know, how, how much would that uh, help the situation? They need to hold those sales on federal lands and waters to provide companies with with more access, streamline 
um, you know, permitting for, for new energy infrastructure and get rid of laws such as the Renewable Fuel Standard and, and Jones Act that only increase costs. The solutions are so obvious that the most logical conclusion is that the president is is content to see millions of Americans suffer in pursuit of his incredible transition. Now, Occam's razor dictates that the, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. What's more believable at this point? That literally no one in the administration knows how to uh, effectively respond to these crises, or that this is the plan they wanted? Well, of course, this is the plan they wanted. I mean, there were many that did not like Donald Trump as president. They would say that they didn't like the way he, that he treated or how brash his personality was. The thing that, that I always came back to in response to, to these people was that one of the major things that was admirable about President Donald Trump was that he did what he said he would do. How many times had had we elected candidates for a political office that promised everything that we wanted to hear as conservatives and then going to Washington, D.C. after elected, they they get the D.C. flu. <laughs> the D.C. flu is where someone goes to D.C. with all the good intentions and talking points. But once they get there, well, they go back on their word. Do you remember this one? Read my lips, no new taxes. That happened. <laughs> that happened when Bush was elected president, promising not to raise taxes, of course. And what happened? He raised taxes. He got the D.C. flu. But when Donald Trump was elected president, right away he started to do the things that he promised to do. He he started slashing government regu- regulations and lowering taxes. He promised to not only nominate justices to the Supreme Court from a predetermined list that he had presented before he took office, he kept his word all three times that he nominated somebody. Donald Trump did what he said he would do. In a way, so has has, has Joe, Joe Biden. He promised on the campaign trail, uh, in or in, in his case, the campaign basement, that he would do everything that he could do to get rid of our use of fossil fuels. And he's kept his promise. Should we be surprised then that oil and gasoline prices and natural gas prices are skyrocketing. He did that. Let's give him credit. And I would love to hear from you on it. You can always do that, of course, at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.